Hello and welcome to episode four of Checkpoint Radio. My name is James. I'm Ben. I'm Connor. And I'm Charlie. And today we're talking Xbox, Activision, and what E3's cancellation means for the future of the gaming convention, as well as rounding up some other news, so let's get into it. So boys, it's episode four. It seems like these weeks are flying by at the moment. Um, How's everyone? Everyone excited to be here? Back for another episode? Yeah, extremely excited. Had a busy week. Yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, Yeah, not much. Been taking my daughter swimming regularly, so that's been lots of fun. Trying to get (laughs) her used to the water. We didn't manage to go swimming much, obviously, during COVID and stuff. So she's a bit behind where she could be, but still, there's no time like the present. What's the the technique for, like, teaching a kid to swim? So we've only been for maybe, like, three or four, like, daddy-daughter sessions now, (laughs) and my partner came for the last one. Yeah, but at first, the first one very nervous. Sort of, we just took it slow, just making it fun, and then slowly just trying to encourage her to sort of learn how to float, and then keep encouraging her more and more, but not trying to make her see it like a chore or something that's yeah. like scary. Because if you try fun. and like swim, learn how to swim, it can be like <laughs> I, I never want to touch the water kind of well, thing. But anyway, wasn't yeah. chucked in the deep end as like most kids nah. was. When yeah. we grew well, up. it's funny. It's funny you say that actually. Uh, speak, speaking of like swimming lessons, so I saw this video on Instagram, and I'm sure the instructor, in air quotes, mm. enjoyed this way more than she should have. So it's basically the whole thing was like <laughs> teaching kids how to sort of survive in an emergency if they sort of land in in a yeah. big body of water, for example, if they fall off a boat or whatever, or into a big swimming pool. So what she was doing was just like throwing kids into a swimming pool with all their clothes on, like literally yeah. just like. They're on the side. She's just like put her hand underneath their backside, just like bloop, just like launch him into the pool. Didn't oh you? Ever, didn't you ever do that at school? What fucking well, school did you go clothed. to? <laughs> yeah, we used to go to. We had to do swimming lessons, and like the advanced ones would be put in their pajamas, launched into the pool, and then they had to pick up like a rubber brick. Really? Yeah, at Ooh. the swimming bars near us, Ben. Just launched. What the Sheerness ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, madness. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it those swimming lessons aren't still going then. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had a bit of a dodgy PE teacher there. Yo, I've yeah, I've had one convicted. So it wouldn't All right, we'll leave, well, yeah, let's draw a line. Yeah. Like, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's, what's anyone else been up to then? Um, um, you can go, Tyler. Okay. Um, I watched the first night of WrestleMania this morning. I do it like every year. Do the Royal Rumble oh, and then I do WrestleMania. Just... Very nice. Bit nostalgia, nostalgia really. is it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that, even though, like, they do two nights at WrestleMania now, where it was one night when we was growing up, and each night's four hours. Jesus. Oh That's and what time's hours. it on? Do you watch uh, it live? I watched, no, there's no way I'd stand uh, up last night. Yeah. Watched it. I'd be a wreck right now. <laughs> no, I watched it this morning. It's like four hours. I was, what the fuck? It was like this when we was growing up. You get like a three <laughs> hour event, and that was it. Yeah. And then. I've never really been into boxing, to be honest. Like, Boxing, WWE, wrestling. Sorry, it's wrestling, mate. Boxing's fake. I was thinking of the boxing fight last night. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling's where it's boxing, at. mate. Yeah. How was it? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good show, actually. The production values are just through the roof now. They're just a well-oiled machine. Really? The amount of money they must throw into that is ridiculous. And then I watched the first season of Chainsaw Man this week, which is uh, like a hit anime based off a of manga. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, it's really uh, good. I can't say. I what, that's literally the, yeah, yeah. he's got a chainsaw head with the arms um, yeah it's on Crunchyroll at the moment and I've watched that it's cool. really really good I understand why it's getting rave reviews 
So I, I thoroughly recommend that. So yeah, Charlie. Mm, very good. Well, I've actually been putting my gaming experience to the test. Um, <laughs> this was yesterday, and I can say happily right. that all of my Euro Truck Simulator 2 experience has bloody paid off. Well, hey. <laughs> uh, so I was tasked with collecting my in-laws new caravan and it's like a three hour drive i've never right. towed anything in my life i bloody smashed it like the cargo arrived on time you mean you did safe, a great job secure. not smashed yeah, it up no smashed it <laughs> yeah it's in pieces <laughs> no i did Didn't not smash it. the caravan no it arrived unscratched on time fucking absolutely bossed it and I even reversed it round the corner into their drive. So into oh, the front. I was going to say, did you have to back it. it up anyway? Did you have those yeah. extra, oh, like right. the extra wide mirrors on the side? You know, you put the mirrors on the side of Didn't your have mirror. The mirrors. Maybe could have needed them. But <laughs> all intuition. What What can I say? I'm a professional. Were you lassoing out um, grappling hooks like yeah. you're in uh, snow runner? Well, snow runner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not quite. Not quite. Didn't need it. But, uh, yeah. Awesome, nice. man. My weekend. Congratulations. Thank you. Achieved something. Feels good when you sort of excel at something that yeah, you do professionally. It. But the thing is, like as you were saying in that in, in a previous episode about how gaming does help you in real life. Yeah, mate, I stand by that. If I hadn't have played Euro Truck Simulator, I'd be <laughs> flapping when I was doing the reversing. But I've done it all before. Yeah, <laughs> just it's transferable skills. Yeah, that's why so, you need that big rig setup we've spoke about. Yeah, you need, you need all, like yeah. six screens all around you. <laughs> A little horn. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to promise anything by waking the neighbours up. That will happen in the future. Like a dash bobblehead. Yeah. That guy doing it and he's got smoking a cigarette as he's doing it. That's yeah. what James said the other day. And he's like, he, go, he goes, there's, there's a guy in a virtual sort of like Euro truck simulator thing. He's overtaking all these trucks. And then a car comes on the opposite side of the road to him. And like, you know, he just puts his hand up to like apologise for kind of being on the wrong side of the road. It's like, that's fucking pixelated car, man. Why are you apologising? <laughs> it's so immersive how about you James what have you been up to um, to be honest I've not really been doing all that much because I'm actually going on holiday this week so I've kind of had a nice. sort of few low key days just getting bits together for that going to France for a few nights with my partner should be alright so good. yeah by the time this Very goes nice. out I'll be, I will be there eating mm. a baguette of sorts I imagine listening to this in French man of culture yeah. subtitles will all be in French <laughs> and I'll be like I don't need that <laughs> <laughs> I made this. <laughs> I made this. All right, should we uh, get into the news then? Yeah. Let's. Let's. So we say this every week, but there's always news and there's always things happening in the gaming industry. And we try to bring you the facts and inform you all of what's been going on. But more importantly than that, what impact it could have on you and us as gamers. But before we get into the big news about E3's cancellation and the Xbox and Activision stuff. We've got a couple of other bits we want to talk about first. So I thought we'd start with actually some quite big news. Valve is making another game. Well, sort of making another game. Uh, hmm. Counter-Strike 2 has been announced. Yeah. Big Sound news. the air horn. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big news. Yep. Counter-Strike 2 has been announced. It's kind of already out. It's currently in a limited test. Started on the 22nd of April, sorry, March. of March. It's live now for a few gamers, mostly streamers and some gamers based on a selection of factors such as recent playtime on current CS servers, high trust factor, so like you haven't been 
reported or, or yeah you're yeah. not toxic or anything and a good steam account standing which is pretty obviously obvious for being a valve game a yeah, couple of yeah. esports teams have been playing it in competitions already as well well really? that's the thing yeah. so the csgo competitions obviously some of the largest most profitable biggest prize pools in the whole esports arena they their last tournament will be in may before all the teams are encouraged well obviously they will um focus on playing counter-strike mm. 2 for the first tournament in 2024 in march but um yeah crazy apparently people have theorized that only 0.5 percent of current csgo players have got access because obviously the player base for csgo is absolutely mm. yeah. monumental yeah. breaking new records every week uh, when csgo 2 was announced it drove the csgo player base breaking a new record of 1.5 million concurrent players higher than He's any other game ever wow. they That's had insane. the original yeah they had the original record of 1.3 million concurrent players and then cs2 got announced and then they broke it again to 1.5 this is wow. why valve should make more games yeah well yeah. that's it <laughs> but the uh, uh i think aren't there, there's plans to invite more players to the beta over yeah time, yeah but oh, to expand it's it sort of like a drip okay. feed when yeah exactly when does it go live like properly uh, summer in 2023 this summer okay. well i was going to say what is it is there much point in like sort of expanding this this beta because like, isn't one of the reasons to have a beta is to get the feedback but i don't imagine they'll be changing too much about the game between now and then yeah i think where they've invited more the most... like a treat for sort of csgo i think it's kind of like committed players if you know what i mean yeah That's i think promotion. it's like two birds yeah. in one stone kind of mm. thing one they are actually testing it with players, requiring feedback from the very few that they trust to give access to early. Mm. Um, it's almost like a we've given you really really early access to this monumental game. We kind of expect some good feedback. They're also testing out new features such as the new sub-tick rate. So that's like a brand new innovation in multiplayer gaming. Oh, the, the redefined netcode. Yeah. yeah, so that is still... Um, very much sort of work in progress. I think they pretty much have got it down by the looks of it. But I watched this video of this like absolute network genius who was like doing tests that you could possibly do to to look at tick rate. Anyway, it seems that it's still they're still working it out, which is why obviously okay. they've tried to get players on board. Um, but yeah, crazy. It's not a brand new game. But it well, I was is... going to say, before we kind of like get into anything else, let's, should we go back and kind of discuss what's actually being brought into this iteration of Counter-Strike? Because like you say, it's not a brand new game, yeah. but there are some major changes coming mm. to this new That's version it. of Counter-Strike. I think we should add as well, it, it's a free replacement for Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Yeah. So it's oh, it's right, not okay. a paid for I didn't game. actually know that. It's a free replacement. No. Oh, yeah, awesome. exactly. Um, um, but, but yeah, so it runs directly through CSGO. So it is actually running on CSGO, if you like. Okay. And apart from everything that you'd expect from a brand new game, if you like, of graphics and physics and lighting, they've brought some new innovations in that whole small competitive FPS scene. So for instance, one of the most excitable things is smokes and our volumetric. So mm. back in the... Do you remember... Well, I'm sure you will remember because some games even do it today. You know when you're looking at a game that has grass that's like 2D, but they try and trick you into making it look 3D by making it move with your perspective? Yeah. yeah. So basically, Smokes in Counter-Strike Global Offensive worked in that way where 
where you were standing, you would have a different perspective of the smoke, like it would move with your perspective. So imagine your head might be out of the smoke if I was looking at you from a certain angle and it may be hidden by the smoke if I was standing from the opposite angle, for instance. Yeah. Whereas now that the smoke is volumetric, it's actually a 3D physical object that will fill the space like and look the same you... for everyone, more importantly. Yeah, exactly. That's so, okay. really Which I cool. Think that's massive, like, because I'm sure we've all, like, used a smoke grenade in a game and then been killed. Yeah. And from there, it... kill cam, yeah, you're yeah. perfectly visible. They can but see from you. yours, you're like, there's no one there. Yeah. What the so fuck, bro? Evens... I was in the smoke. How did he see me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate, I've said that line a thousand times. But yeah, revolutionary <laughs> in that regard. They've also got some cool mechanics where if you shoot through it, it will do like a tunnel where your bullet goes through or if you grenade it, really? then That's a big cool. area yeah. of the smoke will... Oh, so it actually disperses and moves yeah, exactly. alongside like the effects that happen within and around it. Yeah. They've also so said very that it will cool. um, grow to fill spaces naturally. So like, mm. I don't know, say if you're in a tight tunnel, that smoke, instead of just being in the same area, it would be yeah, if going you're through outside, the wall. it it will actually travel through that tunnel and fill that whole space. Yeah, exactly. Which I awesome. think is pretty cool. Obviously, mentioned briefly about the tick rate, but for those who don't know what tick rate is, imagine every time you do a action on your keyboard or your mouse or your controller, there's a set interval where the server will take your information, such as your inputs, and process it and put it into the game. And tick rates are insanely fast, regardless of this new tick rate. But imagine if you press W... Every 10 milliseconds or 60 or however many it actually is, that input will be taken and then inputted into the game. So it's like there'll be a set interval. And then if you may press the key in the middle of that interval and then your action will take the rest of that tick rate, the half that you have to fill and then your input. It's very quick, mostly seamless, but their new innovation is it's a sub tick rate. So now it negates the whole need for ticks to be registered. And it's basically like a direct input kind of thing. It's pretty bonkers. This guy did a test and like, imagine the average input will take from you to the game. It will take like, I don't know, uh, two milliseconds or five milliseconds, sometimes up to 10 milliseconds, which is insanely quick. This guy was registering inputs as quick as 0.015 milliseconds. So if you pressed your key at home, your action in-game would register 0.015, that was the quickest he got, 0.015 seconds after you fucking pressed it. How crazy is that? (laughs) It's nuts. Obviously, you have to factor in other things such as ping and, I don't know, other stuff, but your input will still be processed by the game yeah. as quick as you pressing it. So well, it's just it's one pretty... of those one of those things that kind of contributes to to, to overall kind of network lag and, and input yeah. lag and how responsive you are within That's the game. It. Anyway, moving on from tick rate, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've updated all the maps, but they've updated them into three different categories. So you've got fully overhauled maps, which are completely rebuilt with some additional changes to sort of update it and uh, rework it slightly. So it's very much the same, but it has been completely rebuilt. They've kind of just looked it on the left screen and rebuilt it on the right screen, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. They've and this then is got, all on the Source 2 engine now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Source 2 engine, which is just nuts. They've got upgraded maps, which are very pretty much completely rebuilt maps, but they're only slightly modified, just a bit. So there might be steps where there weren't steps before, but maybe even more subtle than that. But it's mostly just lighting and textures and stuff. And then they've got something called Touchstone Maps, which is the map is a complete carbon copy, no changes to like the map layout whatsoever. It's just been updated with like the Source 2 lighting and stuff. So these are some of the, the game's most mm. prolific and okay. famous and well most played maps that... Um, they wouldn't dare touch, if you know yeah, what I mean. Right, okay. Yeah. The players know them inside and out, and yeah. nothing's going to change for them. Yeah. It's, yeah, as you said, it's just lighting and um, character read improvements. Yeah, yeah so. exactly, dude. So why, why, um, so moving on from that, from that quickly, like why, mm. why are Valve making this game now? So some people are what's, saying what's, that why is it taking so long for them to update Counter Strike? They came into a little bit of flack a while ago. I think they lost some players. There's a guy I watched and he was involved in esports quite heavily back in the day. He's a British guy. And he was saying CSGO was just in a bad way a couple of months ago. I don't know what. It, it was a combination of things. And I think the game was running out of legs. Obviously, Valorant's popped out of nowhere. It's taken yeah. a few players. There's now competition on the scene. Although CSGO is like the top, top game. I think it was running out of legs a little bit. Graphically, but there, wasn't are, there as good. are now other games that can viable for esports yeah. like Valorant yeah and mm. I've just been impressed with Valve to be honest it's like, it's almost saddens you a little bit like why don't you do this why don't you make games mm. like this isn't just a reskin mm. like it's a new engine they've completely updated everything and now uh, this game what's it been out now 11 years 12 years CSGO came out in 2012 so what's it done added another decade at least to this game and it can yeah. go back if it's got more players than it's had before, like concurrently, it's just yeah. impressive. Yeah, I think as well as well as Valorant obviously being a competition, which I think is brilliant. I mean, like yeah, they say, competition. competition breeds excellence. So it's only going to encourage them both to up their game. Oh, right, yeah, interesting. So um, I've I've never played Counter Strike. Um, are you guys gonna check out Counter Strike? Yeah, too? I'm definitely. So I will. as a f yeah, as a fan of Valorant, I never jumped on Counter Strike either. I think it helped that I played Valorant with some like my brother-in-law and stuff but my interest in that competitive gaming definitely started with Valorant and okay. then I'm looking forward to bringing that to Counter-Strike if you know what I mean very late yeah, to yeah, the yeah. scene yeah. you imagine people mm. playing Counter-Strike yeah. Source back in the day like maybe it's kind of long yeah maybe it's kind of a case of well, I've, I've tried Valorant so now I get what it's about so now mm. I'm going to go and try Counter-Strike oh wait Counter-Strike 2 is coming out perfect yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Valorant was credited for being like a great gateway to that kind of game. Uh, okay. to, sorry, to that kind of genre, if you like. That world because, of competitive shooters. Yeah, because it was like the colours were lovely and bright. The The hero selection was interesting. The guns had really cool skins and everything. And it was very mm. like new user friendly kind of experience. Now, now those people have been exposed and enjoy that genre. Now they might make, not make the switch, but they might sort of be brave enough to give Counter-Strike two a go. So, and I'll, yeah. I'll be, I'm part of that crowd. One more feature that's really cool that okay, is sort of brand new. The audio has completely been reworked to work on a physics-based kind of engine, if you like. So instead right. of you standing on the other side of a building and I hear you as the crow flies, 
Yeah. The, your footsteps now channel through corridors and doorway, doorways and stuff. Okay, so, so your I perception you, of where someone is, like spatially, can change yeah. depending on the layout of the building and where you are. When That's you it. Okay. Imagine if you're standing in front of me, but the way to get to you is the doorway on my right. I kind of hear you from the doorway on my right more than I'd hear you in front of me, if you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Mm, because yeah. your footsteps will be traveling through that. So that's really awesome. cool. That's cool. Well, mm. yeah, I look forward to checking out Counter-Strike 2 in the summer when that releases. That'll be a fun game to get into. Should we, should we move on then? Yeah. Let's. All right, so this past week we had the BAFTA Game Awards. It took place on the 30th of March in, in London. And as you expect, the big boys such as God of War and Elden Ring picked up their awards. God of War was nominated for 14 awards, no surprise there. Took home six, including Crazy. Best Audio, Animation, Music, Best Performance in a Leading Role for Christopher Judge, who played Kratos, and Best Performance in a Supporting Role for Leia DeLeon Hayes, who played Angra Boda, who's a new character in the sequel. So She's a young her. isn't she? 16 mm. years old, so well done. Mad. And it also won the EE Game of the Year Award, which is the it's public vote. Yeah. yeah, so that's quite nice for them. But Elden Ring, weirdly <clears> enough, only, well, well, say only, won best multiplayer and best original property, but probably the most surprising of the night was Vampire Survivors, developed by mm. Ponkel, a UK-based studio. It's a procedurally generated survival game. It won best game design and best game overall from BAFTA. Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of like a 2D, 8-bit, top-down, small indie game that has got crazy good reviews on Steam and everywhere you look. And BAFTA apparently felt like agree. it was their, their, their yeah, agree. They, they felt like it yeah. was the best game they played this year. Quick shout out to Rollerdrome, which won Best British Game. Whoop, whoop. And uh, Shuhei Yoshida, who won the BAFTA Fellowship Award, former president of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Congratulations to him. So what did we think? Now, I didn't actually watch it. I caught up on the news afterwards. I'm not really big on the ceremonies. I was quite surprised by Vampire Survivors. I thought it would have been given Elden Ring or God of War to come that Best Game Award. Yeah, I would have thought something bigger would take it. Um, I, I think it shows that the people actually play video games. Mm. Good point. Because I think good point. For years we've sort of said, oh, like the big games just always take game of the year, whether it's whatever publication. Yeah. But now we've got the game awards and now the BAFTA awards. I think this adds prestige to the the games industry. It's not just this is the top game, top selling game. This yeah. is what the biggest Xbox game this year is not the biggest PlayStation game, whatever. I think they've got people in there that have actually worked in the industry, they've actually played games. Yeah. And yeah. you see in as well, like the games that were up for Game of the Year, Cult of the Lamb, which is uh, published by Devolver Digital, Stray, which was successful, but you wouldn't think it got for Game of the Year, and Marvel Snap, which is a mobile game. <laughs> which is apparently well, a really, game's, really a good. game's a game at the end of the day, yeah, isn't it? And, apparently and, it's really yeah. good. It's an interesting point you make because I think, I think you know, giving credit to a game like vampire survivors does kind of make you feel like BAFTA want to celebrate the art of video games it's not mm. just a popularity contest yeah mm. and then that whole kind of like perceived i don't know perception of, of games changes when things like that happens because i feel like well it, it might have been something to do with with covid maybe and the amount of people that are playing games sort of this side of covid but there's yeah. definitely been a shift in the perception of of video mm -hmm. games in these last few years. At least that's how it, it feels to me. You've got like the BBC, the Guardian, Sky News, the Hollywood Reporter, even the Evening Stand, who all regularly report on gaming news, which wouldn't have happened five years ago. No, definitely yeah. not. Um, you can't ignore it because obviously probably the biggest industry 
uh, entertainment industry, sorry, in the world. Yeah. If, if you're well, talking revenue. Yeah, for the UK specifically, Ben, actually. Um, last year, gaming sales accounted for £4.7 billion in the UK, which is higher than that of the film, television or music industries. Yeah. So how can you ignore that? You can't. Yeah. It's inevitable. But yeah, mm. I've not played uh, Vampire Survivors. I've seen it and appreciate it and I look to play it one day because you can't not play a game that's one on game, game of the year and also is adored by fans. If it is on Game yeah. Pass, that'd be cool. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a good game. I've played it for about half an hour and 40 minutes and that's not a testament to the game. I've played it and you go on multiple runs. You have to survive. Yeah, it's got like roguelike elements to it. Yeah. It? I played it for half an hour and 40 minutes. I thought, I'm going to lose five to six hours to this. So <laughs> yeah. I had to like stop myself. It's it's a very good game. And also you see like Roller Dome, one best British game. Tunic done really well, which is good to see. I know James, you're a yeah. big proponent of yeah, Tunic. Yeah, a great game. It's not just the big boys that are getting the shine, which is fantastic to see. There's no reason why a, a smaller indie indie game should be any less appreciated than, than like a big mm. AAA game that's had a $200 million plus budget. The, the same amount of love and attention goes into all of these smaller games. I mean, you look at um, our favourite game, or probably one of our favourite games at the moment, Valheim, that mm. we've all spent 100 hours plus on that game, like individually. That was originally developed by one guy... And it's yeah. now a studio and it's an, an incredible game. Like I cannot recommend it to people enough. It's so good. But that's the sort of game that would usually get just overlooked at these yeah. type mm. of events. And the fact that Vampire Survivors, a similar thing, you know, it's all the brain thing of just one guy who just wanted to make a game. Now he's got a little team and, and it's, it's one best, best game at the BAFTAs. It's, yeah. just a, it's, it's an amazing like, um, story. A similar story is um, Stardew Valley one dude made that probably yeah. the best conversion of like small beginnings to absolute worldwide success one of the most highly esteemed games yeah. out there yeah it would be a criminal not to include an indie game just because they're small I think yeah it's uh, the industry's starting to get more credit now and it's not just like whoever's big at playstation or xbox at the time celeste won best game at the game awards a few years ago mm. um You've got games coming out now that are doing really well on Steam, like Dwarf Fortress. That's made by two guys. That's yeah. where a Bastion was made by two dudes, and that's yeah. now turned into what Hades is, and now Hades too. So you're seeing these success stories, and I think it's about time they are get they are getting the credit they deserve. Yeah. Well, fair play to to BAFTA for for kind of like doing that because they they didn't have to do it. They could they could easily could have bought into the hype and the popularity of God of War or or, or Elden, Ring Elden Ring, and and given those. The awards and people wouldn't have better than eyelid about it but now yeah. vampire survivors you know it gets people talking and fair play to those developers because now they're going to get a whole lot of buzz about their game and mm -hmm. rightfully so as well you know it's a very good game very very good game yeah what's your opinion on elden ring winning multiplayer i was shocked by that strange yeah, i find it a bit strange i don't yeah. think they had a multiplayer other than like a mod they brought out this like Colise I can't remember how to explain. So they've got like um, there's there's they've got like um, you can do the sort of regular multiplayer mode when you can summon someone in to help you with like a boss fight or an area, for example. Then they've got the PvP mode. Uh, you can you invade can people's games, and then someone has gone and made a mod where you can actually play the game from beginning to end cooperatively, which okay. I really hope is something that from software consider bringing into the game in the future, well, not necessarily Elden Ring, but future games, because I, I feel like those games, Elden Ring is just like built for it. It's open world. 
you know, it's it's got the it's got all the ingredients to be a great cooperative game. It's fucking brutal, as we know, because we've played it. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's something that can be sort of done in, in the future with their game, something they consider. But yeah, winning best multiplayer, strange. See, I've but, I've, yeah, I've praised the BAFTAs and I I like the BAFTAs and I think what they've done is really good there. But that part of me is thinking, oh, we've given God of War six t- trophies. We need to give Elden Ring at least <laughs> we two. give Elden Ring yeah. something. Like, it's like, oh, best multiplayer. Yeah. Well, COD wasn't that good. This wasn't that Yeah, we just give it to Elden Ring. Yeah. Like, it sort of got forgotten <laughs> about. Share, so. share the awards around a little bit. Mm. Right, so should we move on? Yeah. yeah. So one of the biggest bits of news that's probably going to happen this year, E3 has been cancelled. The industry's biggest annual expo is not going to go ahead this year. Uh, the show was due to make its in-person return in Los Angeles this June after years of COVID disruption, but a joint statement from the US's Entertainment Software Association and events company Readpop announced it would no longer be going ahead. The ESA released this following statement. This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put towards making this event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. For those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry that we can't put on the show that you deserve and that you've come to expect from Reed Pop's event experiences. Um, just before Shame, we kind of open it? up the discussion, I just want to add this other bit. So more interestingly than that, an internal memo that was obtained by IGN, who first broke the news story, says, while E3 remains to be a beloved event and brand, the 2023 version simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength and impact of our industry. So I guess something we all knew, multiple big parties pulling out. Yeah. It was only a matter of time. The writing was on the wall. What were our initial reactions to this? Yeah, It was similar to how you just explained that last bit there, like sort of saddened, but not surprised kind of thing. With the likes of Microsoft, Ubisoft, Sony, Nintendo, doing all their own things. Yeah. yeah. It's when you have a massive event where in the back in the old days, everybody attended all the big boys mm. showcasing all their new games, release, uh, not release, announcing all their upcoming games. And now none of them are going to be there. How, yeah. what is going to be there? Well, it's, they, they've all kind of, you know, they've, I think COVID, showed the likes of xbox and and you know ubisoft or whoever that they could just run their own events virtually yeah. that could be just well that would be just as effective for them mm. um, they wouldn't have to you know kind of commit to the time frames and the, the scheduling that that e3 sort of has um the cost of like shipping a whole crew out there and setting up all the production and everything like that um if it's all digital and all online they can just stand in front of a green screen which is what they've been doing yeah. And presenting like that, all pre-recorded, all edited, exactly the way they want it. No sort of room awkward for errors or screw-ups. No awkward live demos. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, do you guys not have phones situations? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy. And it's it's kind of weird because like E3 is, for me personally, it's it's kind of like a bit of an early Christmas for gamers. And I'm not afraid to admit, I used to buy into the hype of those game trailers at E3 every year without fail. And yeah. every year I'd be disappointed because those games yeah. wouldn't come out for years. But I didn't care. 
I'd, I'd watch it because I felt like it was something that was worth kind of like tuning into it being part of like a big community gaming event that you wouldn't usually be a part of yeah yeah I agree like I feel like growing up E3 was massive like mm. that was the place to be to find out like all the latest tech all the latest games yeah it was a huge deal yeah I mean um, talk about not watching a game awards the one thing I never missed was like game announcements upon game demonstrations upon like yeah. you name mm. it what could be unveiled at E3 and like, there's so yeah so just so much of a buzz like three three or four days of like my gaming future like oh that's coming yeah. out this is coming yeah. out yeah. you're just building a wish list in your head like, yeah. oh, especially when this. it's like a new console like, yeah that's crazy yeah it's a shame as well because this was supposed to be the 27th E3. Like, mm, I'm 28. Bloody hell. Yeah. So they've, they've been around for as long as I've been gaming kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 95 yeah. was the first one. So a brief history for those that don't know what E3 is. E3, or Electronic Entertainment Expo, was first created when those in the video game industry felt that they needed their own independent trade show. Prior to this, they would attend other events such as CES or Consumer Electronics Show. However, many of the industry professionals felt that they weren't wanted and in some cases were even mistreated. So the video game industry teams were actually put right at the back or in some cases put in external tents, so away from the main event area. So they wouldn't get any footfall if, obviously, like, if it's raining, people aren't coming out there. Yeah. I think it was... um, Maybe Sega said that the rain actually ruined their console. Oh no! <laughs> and they like they just never forgave after that. Um, but eventually, yeah, the industry had enough, and E3 was born as a place for developers, publishers, and hardware and accessory manufacturers to just show off their latest and greatest offerings. And the first event was actually held in May 1995, and then Christ. from there grew and became arguably the largest and best video game expo that there was. Very cool. Looking ahead, because obviously they say they're committed to returning E3 in a way that is relevant and exciting. I think the only way they could put, not only, I think a possible solution in my mind would be like embracing like, like the metaverse, maybe making it like a, okay. Like a, imagine like a virtual event that you can fucking whack on a headset uh, sorry, like a HTC Vive or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And then attending this 3D virtual event. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know so what you that mean. That would be cool. But then who's going to be attending? Not everyone. The, most the problem with E3 is it's a business expo and the games are there. So, mm. like, I, I remember listening to podcasts back in the day and it's like people would be running around like lunatics, like from IGN, from GameSpot, right? You're going here, you're going to play this game you're going here, you're going to play this game. And then you'd have a few developers there who were selling their games to platforms. And yeah. it's just It was just there to sell games like to studios and stuff like that. Whereas you now, said the public were never invited, were they? You can get passes and people used to scam their way in. You used to be able to apply and say you was a journalist and they'd give you a pass and you'd go in and you'd play games. But, um, well, so thanks to TwitterCon, everyone's a fucking journalist these yeah. days. Yeah, exactly. You can, get, you can buy a ticket if you want it, mate. Have it. You're a journalist. Um... So it was mainly there as a business event. Um, but then it's like, we, I loved E3 growing up. You sort of get a little bit old and you go, there's no heart in this. It's, yeah, it's awkward a bit demos and yeah. there's business people on stage talking about a video game and you can tell they're in a suit. They're not comfortable. They don't know what they're talking about. And then mm. I think it is down to obviously Nintendo do their own directs. 
Sony pulled away to do State of Play, but then you've seen Jeff Keighley do the like the Game Awards, which is E3 but better, and like Gamescom mm. and stuff like this, where it's this is the gamers. Xbox are going to come on. They're going to give this tight twenty-minute presentation. You're going to see everything you want to see. Like Phil Spencer comes out, he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Or, or PlayStation would do it with Herman Holst come out. It used to be Shu Hay used to come out and other people. It doesn't Is feel... your favourite Bethesda dude? Todd Howard. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like, he's a very good salesman. He's very yeah. good at those events. I'll give him his due. They feel more credible than E3 does. And also, it's not four days of sitting around. Right, PlayStation a Saturday night. Xbox a Sunday afternoon. It's like, right. Like, Xbox can do four of these this year. I think they've got four planned or three. So because we're going to show you this. This is coming out then. Then we can move on a couple of days. This game's ready. We're not showing you too much but why, too why soon. Do we, why, okay, so why, why do we think that E3's sort of influence has been waning then? Because for a long time, E3, you know, um, it was it was the, the the focal point of like the big sort of media burst of advertising for the gaming industry. It's like think, everything geared towards sort of e, E3 in the summer and it would set up a lot of like the second half of the year and potentially the games and gaming tech that was coming out towards Christmas and things like that. And it was mm. the, just the one sort of date in the calendar that every gamer sort of looked at and penciled in to think, okay, I'm going to tune into that because hopefully the game I'm waiting to be announced will be announced there. And that's going to get yeah, me hyped. I think it's down to the Eastern Studios. Nintendo wisened up early and said, we're not going to send a crew all the way across the world because they're still, they're based in Japan. Like, yeah, they've got yeah. American, they'd send Reggie over there. But all the developers would be back home in Japan, apart from one or two. So they go right. We'll do it here. We do our own. We're not going to do yeah. an awkward demo, yeah. where like it might get lost in translation. We're going to show you what we want. And then Sony did the same. Here's State of Play. We've got a tight forty-five minutes to an hour. This is what we want to show you. And then even um, Xbox came out. Phil Spencer came out a few years ago when Sony started pulling out, and he said like it's not the same anymore. It's not yeah. like you've got Saturday with PlayStation, Sunday with Xbox or vice versa. There's not that big sense of Yeah, because I, I think PlayStation's PlayStation's last appearance at E3 was like 2017, I think, or 2018. Yeah. But they, 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 they don't... It's just after Phil Spencer came in, I think, because he came, no, came back as like the top guy. Because I've oh, seen... Okay, it would have been way before that then. Uh, oh, no. No, it's 2017, 2018. It's around that. I've okay. read an article about it earlier. Yeah. Mm. Um, because I read someone's sort of voicing their opinion on E3 and they basically said that they think it's definitely to do with COVID and games being delayed, plus these big guys obviously doing their own thing. It's just an unavoidable like combination of factors that just make E3 just impossible. Yeah. If, the, if these big game devs haven't got the games to show us, plus they're doing their own thing where they can control it all... Yeah. Just just makes E3 redundant. Well, Unless it. these big devs have a plethora of games to 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 tease and announce, or even which they don't, or even vice versa. If they've got nothing to show, they've got one game like what Xbox are it's doing. It's too much competition between the big devs. What if, Xbox if, are doing now is right. This one's going to show off Starfield and a bit of Redfall. Obviously, Starfield's a bit of a tease, but the next one they're doing, which is the Bethesda one, which. Xbox now have got enough studios where they can go, right, this showcase is just about Bethesda. Tango yeah. are working on this. Arcane are working on this. This is working on this. And then in a couple of months' time, Todd Howard's going to sit you down for an hour 
45 minutes and he's just going to solely show you Starfield. There you mm. go. They don't oh. have to sit there and wait till June. Yeah, by by mm. running their own events, like everything is on their own timeline. Like, yeah, exactly. If you don't have a game ready, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be there. Like yeah. you just do your event when you are ready. Yeah. So, and it's not as if like I I don't know I don't have any facts or figures for this, but I can imagine that every time Xbox does do their own event, they still get the viewers that they expect. <laughs> and yeah, of course they do. Yeah. It, so because regardless, regardless, like if if you're if you're an Xbox player and an Xbox fan, you're going to watch an Xbox event, whether it's at E3 or whether it's their own event. You're going to watch it regardless. Mm. So yeah. for Xbox and for PlayStation and Nintendo in particular, having their own events doesn't matter to them because they've got their player bases they've got their fans and then obviously all the journalists and the likes of GameSpot and, and Game Informer and IGN are, they're not going to skip out on it they're going to watch nah. it to you know get all the news on it and I think, it's no different for them it's just cheaper and more convenient for them to do it themselves I think they've everyone's followed Nintendo Nintendo have got a direct it's solely aimed at Nintendo players they've got the inside jokes and like, oh, here's like someone dressed as Mario and stuff like that. Sony have seen that and go, why are we shipping all these people over to the States? Mm. Yeah. We can control it. And we or we can yeah. go to Tokyo Game Show and record it there, put it out mm. to the world. So, yeah. yeah, everything's on their own terms now. And also, I love E3 growing up, obviously, because there wasn't too much internet at the time. Like, it isn't like it is now where everything's mm. on Twitter two seconds later. Now it's bite-sized... Yeah, it had a real sort of like magic about it back in the day, and it it can mm. really get you hyped, especially when you're younger and you used to tune in and watch it and catch up on the highlights yeah. and stuff. Mm. Yeah, but it's a shame. Do we think that this could be the end for E3 entirely? Brightens on the wall. I don't. Yeah, I kind of do, but I think they won't go out without a good next effort. Yeah, it might be a case of like maybe really they brand, can convince yeah. you know Sony and Xbox, especially. Come on, just come back just for one more. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like we we'll do one last one, and and like everyone can tune in. It'd be we make it a big event, make a big song and dance about it. Maybe something like that. But I definitely feel like the writing's on the wall for, for E3. I, I don't think it's going to be around for much longer. E3 need a Jeff Keighley. That's why Gamescom works. He's personable. Oh, someone to actually sort of like be the face of it. Be the face of it. Even if it is Jeff Keighley, go look Jeff because Jeff is massive game nerd. He loves the industry. If they went to him, look, we're going to do next year. It'll be like the final E3, a big celebration of E3. He's got ties with Xbox. He's got ties with PlayStation. We're going to do one big last event. Yeah. The final E3. You host it. I'm sure people would do stuff for that. But I mean, like, I think a lot's changed though. Because like, like like you said in the beginning, it was more of like a business gaming expo. You know, it's about mm. the trades and like how people were going to sort of sell their games and things like that and what was coming up next and more of like a a a, a fair than than an actual presentation and it's yeah. only really sort of in the past kind of like what well, i say yeah, that's, that's a bit of a lie but the, the the sort of presentation aspect of it is it's what that's never been what e3's been about but that likewise has been what's made it popular for people that couldn't really go and attend it in person for people that were watching on the internet and getting sort of caught up in the hype and everything like that that um that, that that's what drew them to it and maybe now it's kind of a case of well e3 sort of for the people that actually attend it's lost what it's what it was designed to do there's no need to go to a fair in person and like demo this game for people when i could just show you it over the internet 
Yeah, and yeah. drop yeah. a demo live for you to play, maybe. Yeah, yeah. A lot of they're doing that now as well. Like Xbox go right, this game's out now. By the way, on Game Pass or um, mm. certain other companies go right, the demo's out now. It's yeah. not sitting there at E3 waiting to be shown it by someone who's probably never played the game properly before. So are you? Are you? Are you guys? Would you be sad if E3 was 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 no more then? Because I think at the, the stage we're at now, you know, with Xbox having their their own kind of developer directs and Sony with the state of play, Nintendo been doing their own thing for a long time. I personally don't feel like we're going to be missing out on those types of events. If yeah. anything, they could be better because of those companies being able to control what content they sort of show and how they show it. That's so what for I was going to say. It's kind of like, it's a bit bittersweet, but yeah. I guess it was just inevitable. It's like, as a consumer, I'm mm. actually not, like you said, I'm not going to be losing anything. It's not like E3 is going and there's no replacement. It's like E3 is going and I've got many more replacements with these individual ones. Yeah. So to yeah. me, selfishly, it's like, yeah, obviously I'll be sad, watch E3 for years and years, but then I'm not going to be, it's not going to leave a space, so it's not going to leave a void where E3 once was because once again, it's... It's been replaced. If yeah, you like. and there's still there's still Gamescom and there's still the Game Awards. So they're, they're these you know kind of big events are, are going to be well they're there still. So yeah, yeah. Just have to live on in our hearts. Well, it's <laughs> not over it yet. Will. They're I'm, committed to returning. I'm kind of glad they've pulled it, and it, not I don't want E3 to go away. It's a part of how kind part of me. But if it's just Ubisoft and Sega this year, it would have been a terrible show. Yeah. yeah, especially with fucking if Ubisoft. You, Jesus yeah, Christ. Christ. And like, Sega are just going to go Sonic Frontiers. That is so really go, I remember um, when you put us in the tent outside and our yeah, game's constantly yeah. got wet. Fuck you. We haven't forgiven you for that. <laughs> yeah. No, so, that was an E3. That was, uh, that was the other one. Uh, E3's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sad. I think what helps is mm. the fact that E3, because it has earned a, such a good reputation, for them to cancel this year because of the lack of participation it's almost like everyone's on board to see them return kind of thing it's not okay. like e3 did something terrible they had no. to cancel it because of some controversy yeah. because they're like the sad uh, not the sad because they're like the uh the, the losers if you like the victims yeah it's uh it could encourage a lot more sort of come yeah. on e3 you can do well, it e3 are the reason that state of play and direct and that exists there was the mm. the roadmap. This is how you do it, mm. and they've all just done it themselves. Yeah, like you said a bit earlier, James. I think the only way they could really come back in full force is if they could somehow convince all the big dogs to come back and showcase their stuff yeah. there. Twenty twenty four. Otherwise, we'll I really don't know. See. We would have to yeah. wait and see. Right, let's let's, yeah. uh, let's move on there, guys. We we'll leave E three in the past <laughs> for now. Where it belongs. Pressing F. So we have some updates on the Microsoft Activision merger, with the UK's Competition and Markets Authority seemingly taking a U-turn on their stance on the deal. Originally, the CMA questioned the merger, citing the reduction in competition and a shift in console market dominance should Microsoft complete the merger, which would see them acquire some massive titles such as Call of Duty, Overwatch and World of Warcraft. And the CMA even suggested that the tech giant look to break Activision up rather than purchasing it in its entirety. But you can forget all that now, because the CMA have done a U-turn, it seems. Yeah, and taken directly from the recent report on the .gov website, which is like the official sort of UK government website, 
The CMA has received a significant amount of new evidence in response to its original provisional findings. Having considered this new evidence carefully, together with the wide range of information gathered before those provisional findings were issued, the CMA Inquiry Group has updated its provisional findings and reached the provisional conclusion that overall the transaction <laughs> will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in relation to console gaming in the UK. That was an yes, awful yes. lot of words to say, we got it wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think they said that after after their first initial finding in February, they encouraged, well, they were waiting for them, for Xbox, Microsoft, whoever, to come back with more evidence. And then they did exactly that. They came back with everything that they needed to make the CMA do a 180. So yeah. fair play to them. Mm. The CMA yeah. also um, spoke on the sort of belief that Microsoft might make Call of Duty and Xbox exclusive. And they've, they've released a statement about that as well. So they've okay. said, while the CMA's original analysis indicated that this strategy would be profitable under most scenarios, new data, which provides better insight into the actual purchasing behaviour of Call of Duty gamers, indicates that this strategy would be significantly loss-making under any plausible scenario. So on this basis, the updated analysis now shows that it would not be commercially beneficial for Microsoft to make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox following the deal, but that Microsoft will instead still have the incentive to continue to make the game available to PlayStation. Yeah. So basically, that, they're saying what we've been saying this entire time, yeah. that the money's not in the consoles, so they've got no incentive to try and alienate all the to. PlayStation players. Because mm. like it, it, it just comes down to the pure fact that the PS5 and the PS4 have seriously outsold the Xbox, and there are far Six. more gamers on PlayStation than there are on Xbox. So if you take Call of Duty away from yeah. 150 million gamers or whoever, however many millions of units they've sold, um, that is a big chunk of your market gone. Yeah, and people are not going to go... Or some people might, but a lot of people are not going to have the to. money to go out and buy yeah. another console just to play Call of Duty. Yeah, I see yeah. the figures. Um, the PS5's outselling Xbox 6 to 1. Which is what I've seen. And they've just posted record numbers for February with five hundred thousand units sold last month. So they can't they can't afford to do it at all. If they did do it, it's just bad business. But they're still gonna be making money from Activision, regardless of the platform. So there's no um, there's no incentive to to take it away from PlayStation. World of Warcraft I know it's not Call of Duty and this is everything seems to be about Call of Duty for Mm. ridiculous reasons. World of Warcraft's got 25 million monthly subscribers. Yeah, Still. That's crazy. Um, I mean, if if and potentially when they do merge, it will propel Microsoft into the top three largest gaming company in the world. So for oh, them, wow. like, I was looking into more like, yeah, there's lots of reasons I can see why Activision want to be merged with Microsoft. Because they then run I was themselves thinking, into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but then why, why does... Apart other than Call of Duty and obviously the insane amount of money that pulls in every month, what's the main reason for for Microsoft wanting Activision? And mobile space, yeah, mobile space for sure. So it's to do with like net ease or some like sort of networking thing. Well, so they so Microsoft and Activision as individuals, they came together like the heads came together and they're concerned about the likes of Tencent, NetEase, Apple, and Google where they are 
in the whole electronic space, if you like, digital space, they are the top, top dogs, not just in the gaming industry. But Mm. when you then combine Microsoft, obviously insanely huge in its own right, not just for gaming, with Activision Blizzard King, one of the most profitable gaming developers, publishers out there, it's just like a no-brainer, as well as the fact that Microsoft can sweeten the deal even more for Activision because Microsoft are actually working on machine learning stuff, which Activision just doesn't have the capability to do. And with machine learning, they are still... I've seen this term quite a lot, but it's not referenced a lot in anything to do with the CMA and stuff. But like the metaverse seems to be very much still at the forefront of lots of these big companies and their plan for the future. So by combining, they're hoping to be some real contenders in the race. Yeah, so for, it's, it's interesting oh, wow. because everything you've said there, Ben, it, it kind of sounds like um, if you take it at face value, it's not really about the games. It's not really mm. about Xbox wanting Activision, Blizzard King's games. They it's want the about power. the possibility of exactly the power they could have in the tech industry, then also yeah. the resources to kind of get into like the metaverse and things well, like that. Yeah, I know because they. I think all these top companies still believe that that's like the future. Well, I know Phil Spencer didn't want Activision at all. Uh, I don't know if it's horrible to talk about, but um, 2021, I think he spoke about it. I don't know if you remember all the uh, harassment, sexual harassment, mm, yeah, and discriminations. There's 700 reported cases while Bobby Kotick's been in charge, and like Bloody Bobby Kotick is the devil. He's a horrible mm. human being. Yeah. And well, if we if we if we're to believe like everything that's kind of been been reported so far, then yeah, like the, Phil Spencer is is in essentially inheriting a company that's in a, a bit of a mess at the yeah. moment. It's in some disarray. Hundreds that, of lawsuits. The, yeah, hundreds of lawsuits, and that is a PR nightmare. So I get that maybe he didn't want to kind of entertain the 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 Activision He's sort of acquisition, to. but then if like. The CEO and president of Microsoft yeah. are sort of saying, but going forward for us, this is the business we're chasing. And we know that Activision could be a big part of helping us achieve our future goals. Yeah. So you get down there and you fucking put a contract on the table yeah. and make sure they sign it. Because I, I yeah. don't think don't think many people are covering it. Everything everything in the media has been like Xbox and PlayStation going Xbox back and forth. Sony, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's just Xbox, PlayStation. It's like, oh, Jim Ryan's saying this, Phil Spencer's saying this, and no one realises that behind closed doors that Bobby Kotick skipped Xbox. He went straight to Microsoft because he's run the company into a horrible place and he needs a payday. He's got to get rid of the company. So he went directly to Microsoft. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like, everyone's talking about Xbox first PlayStation, Xbox first PlayStation. You talk about the stuff that you've spoken about, like, it's nothing to do with the games. I mean, like the FTC, they, for instance, they are worried that this merger will almost mask these lawsuits. And there's a quote here that in the past, they failed to protect the rights and dignity of their workers and that the merger should be opposed if the transaction is likely to enhance monopoly power and worsen negotiation between workers and the parties. So they're worried that Microsoft acquire them they will be such a powerhouse that they won't be able to, the workers and the people who have been wrongfully will be, uh, will have even harder of a fight on their hands. Yeah. They also, due to Kotick's apparent knowledge of all these cases, yeah, apparently the board approved 
the deal for them to get acquired. Sorry, the Activision board approved the deal without actually Kotick being sort of yeah. on board, if you like. He was hesitant because they feared that him being obviously in the crosshairs of all these lawsuits is just well, not a good look for them. March the 31st, they've just been charged with, uh, they violated US labour laws by illegally surveying employees during a walkout. And also they're not allowed to go home and tweet about like what's going on at work. Yeah. This is like a couple of days ago. Mm. Apparently Kotick will depart once the deal is over. Of course Apparently he's going to get a big payday and it'll, it'll just disappear and won't be held responsible for anything. Yeah, but Microsoft has said that they have put concrete steps in place to ensure that we aren't introducing a dangerous and unwelcome culture. So obviously yeah. when these when these two companies do collide... Obviously, Microsoft mm. have got their best interests in mind, so they they want to. Yeah, because I, I know that um, like Xbox allowed unionization in their in their mm. yeah for their game they've developers. Been a big in, proponent. In their they've been a big proponent of that. So, you know, maybe it's a bit of a PR stunt as well. But you'd you'd hope to think you'd like to think that is good news for Activision employees. Well, mm, at the, the do you know the joining Xbox. Do you know that event mm. where it all kicked off and that guy was doing his Trump impression with the contract going, sign it, Jim Ryan, sign it, Jim Ryan. Um, I can't yeah, remember that's, when that's, that was. Um, that, that was. That was after a, a hearing, I think it was. Yeah. And that was um, the, can I also say, Brad Smith, the president and vice chairman of of Microsoft. Yeah. He's a bit of a tool. Um, How but, can you be the president and the vice chairman of a company? Yeah, it's just like... Oh, it's just giving, him, giving himself titles. Just yeah. Can't. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that guy because I think he's a bit of a moron. But um, at that hearing, Activision Blizzard King employees went there to appeal to the people that was overseeing the proceedings saying, look, this place is a shit hole. We need to get out of it. It's a horrible place to work. So obviously the CMA going and doing a 180 on their views on such as COD not making sense if they were to make it exclusive. They're obviously still on the fence in regards to cloud gaming. It's I was going to say, yeah. yeah, they're not out of the water yet. <laughs> no, they? Yeah. The, the cloud gaming thing is interesting because that, that kind of ties into what you were saying, Ben, about like this potential metaverse future. That ties mm. into that more. So if anything, that there's going to be even more scrutiny on like the impact of, of this merger and what it would have on the possibility of, of cloud gaming as well. That's it, because mm. apparently Microsoft already accounts for an estimated 60 to 70% of global cloud gaming services. And obviously the CMA are worried that with Activision sort of now getting involved, propelling the all of them to being the third largest gaming company in the world, would that monopolise the whole cloud gaming market even more so? But apparently Microsoft have turned around and said, that they would only ensure that the availability of all their titles would be available to everyone with their obviously everyone has Xbox to do, Live service. Everyone has but, to do a deal with Microsoft. That's what they've just done with NVIDIA. NVIDIA yeah. complained and they went, you can shut up. Here's a load of money. Yeah. We're going to do a deal. You have to go through us. Yeah. At first, I thought maybe the cloud gaming bit would be the easiest part for them to to navigate. But I actually, when I when I originally read this statement that I can read now... Buying Activision, Blizzard, the CMA said that this would reinforce the strong position and substantially reduce the competition that Microsoft would otherwise face in the cloud gaming market in the UK. This could alter the future of gaming, potentially harming UK gamers, particularly those who cannot afford or do not want to buy an expensive gaming console or PC. 
And at first I read that the wrong way because I read that like, well, you wouldn't have to buy an expensive gaming console or a gaming PC, but that's the point. If you can't afford a gaming PC or mm -hmm. a console, you kind of, and you are an avid gamer and you do enjoy gaming, you choose to game and cloud gaming is your device, I don't know. Then if Microsoft do own 60 to 70%, then you're kind of forced. You yeah. have to. And um, this week alone, because... Um, this proceed, uh, this run-up of proceedings, the deadline was for Sony on the 31st of March to give their last bit of evidence, and now it's moving over to cloud gaming. And Google have gone to Ruta. Um, their vice president, Amit Zavri, has told them, like, they're selectively kind of buying out of... This, this is his words. Uh, they're selectively kind of buying out those ones who complain and not make those ter uh, terms available to everyone. So that definitely makes it an unfair advantage to Microsoft and ties the people who complain back to Microsoft anyway. So Google, who have just been told off pretty much and they're getting sued for something similar, have said, you think we're shady? Go and have a look at these guys. Yeah. And um, as of March 28th, Germany's antitrust regulator is also reviewing Microsoft's marketing power that could lead into an investigation of the US tech giant's business practices and potential bans if they're found to damage competition. Microsoft yeah. have got three antitrust slash anti-consumer, anti-competitive sort of complaints filed against them. And the next round of people they're going up against, Amazon are on the board for that, which seems a bit shady. Bit weird. Um, it's a, a load of tech companies mm. are on that board and they have to go through the deal. And there's talks that Apple are going to get involved in a race and say, look, like, we can't yeah. compete. Now, I'm okay. not an expert at law or anything, but... If you were to say that Microsoft were Could not foul playing, yeah, if they were like completely by the books and there were no foul play whatsoever, they've maneuvered themselves expertly to the position that they're in. So once again, I don't know how monopolies work and if that's all part of being a monopoly, but they've, they've made the Xbox Game Pass, they've acquired all these studios there's just no competition, but it's all been masterfully done. Like if this, if, if everything if, is by the book, if this deal goes through, that will be thirty studios acquired since 2017. They've spent yeah. 80.5 billion on four studios. Rare, um, Mo Yang was done in 2014, so um, it'll be obviously this deal, and then it'll be Zenimax, and then there's yeah. seven studios they've bought that they haven't disclosed it. Now, Rare, I understand them buying. Zenimax, I understand them buying. This deal mm. isn't Xbox. This is Microsoft. Yeah. This is bigger bigger than and gaming. I do feel sorry. Like, Jim Ryan's been thrown under us. I don't like the phrase he uses. He's clearly not a gamer guy. But Sony have said to him, get in there, stop this. And then Phil Spencer's had to come out and say, yeah, well, we can't compete. Like, he's been thrown under the bus. And then... Everything, because it's all smoke and mirrors. It's Xbox versus PlayStation. And Microsoft are over there going, right, you can have this money. You can have this money. We've got rid of 10,000 employees. You can shut up. You can shut up. And do you know, we discussed the, uh, they were looking into the Japanese game market. Yeah. Do you know the, um, the congressmen and women? Do you know how many of them are bankrolled by bank, uh, Microsoft? I found Ooh. five names, like straight up. The people that are running that investigation, their top contribution wage-wise on Microsoft. Interesting. So it's a bit of smoke and mirrors. And like, the, the plot thickens. And the problem is, right, Sony are not the good guys in this at all. Sony do shady stuff. We 
yeah, both yeah. do. Both do. Yeah. Xbox. Well, recent things uh, has come out. Not Sony, Xbox. Yeah. Well, they've they've put themselves in hot water yeah. with this deal, and it's weird to me that they've thrown the Japanese game market sort of under the bus. And I understand that Xbox have had their complications over there. They tried to buy Square Enix, didn't go through. Um, they've just done a deal with Sega and Nintendo. But why would the US Congress look in the Japanese game market but ignore Nintendo? It's almost like they're they're trying to throw the scent off. Yes, Sony have done shady shit in the Japanese game market. I They have. But they're going, right, they're out sending us 98%, but it's like looking at Burger King and KFC and ignoring McDonald's. Nintendo yeah. so have outsold PlayStation, Sony combined, uh, PlayStation and Xbox combined twice over. It's also- they, their defence is that they were only looking at, how did they phrase it? I can't remember it now. Something to do with um, like top end gaming and they didn't class. I, I, I know, I'm with it's, you on this, no, but they didn't look at Nintendo the same way. It's I almost respect, I almost mm. respect Microsoft because they've, they've just, it's just changed the phrasing. Yeah, yeah, they aren't looking yeah. at the game. They're looking at the high end market. Yeah, yeah. So I found it ironic that in 2019, Xbox stated that they now had more games than ever to handle, and they were not like so, and they were likely not going to acquire any additional studios. Then later, was it that same year? No, sorry, the next year they then acquired ZeniMax for how many billion? Seven point five billion. Obviously, then they've well, announced that they were going to acquire Mark's, uh, Activision Blizzard, but they jumped on Activision Blizzard within like a weekend. I think Activision were planning on maybe selling to Facebook or Meta Gaming yeah. or whatever Facebook Jeez. have rebranded themselves to. And in that same weekend, the deal was done. Well, sorry, the deal was agreed upon by all parties in like a matter of days. Do you remember like, when I, I mentioned that Phil Spencer said like, I don't want to get involved. It was like two weeks later. Microsoft went, yeah, we're mm. of that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's all a bit of an arms race, really. And the problem is, what I don't yeah. like about it is the games media has jumped on it, and they have to because it gets clickbait tiles. They've just PlayStation versus Xbox coming yeah, to a box what, office. That's what sells, sells the headline for for gamers because yeah. gamers don't care about. Well, a lot of gamers, sorry, I should say, don't care about everything we've just spoken about mm. because yeah. it doesn't really affect them. But yeah. I'll admit, like, mm. if I weren't doing this podcast, I wouldn't have much interest. No. Yeah. But then you've got one name that just sort of does the same stuff and just flies under the radar. Mm. The Embracer Group. Yeah. Buying up everything else. I think the reason this is just gets all the attention is just the unfathomable amount. That's the reason it's billion. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's why there are there is so much attention because I think the FTC were like this amount of money is unavoidably sorry is unavoidable to be investigated do you know what yeah, scrutinized do you know how much playstation have got to acquire studios in the next two years and this isn't a playstation first xbox thing i've got no horse in the race i love both studios they've got five billion to spend like within the next two years so they can't compete with this yeah, but Sony, they Sony, are the number Sony, one. Sony, Sony, Sony can't compete with Microsoft. Sony are a multi-billion-dollar company. That shows how much money that Microsoft have got. Like, well, Microsoft are a trillion-dollar company. So yeah. that's, a, that's a difference there. Mm. Yeah, they can buy up but then everything. in the they they class Sony though as the number one gaming. Yeah, because of console sales. Because I almost think Microsoft are trying to hinder Xbox so they can make these deals. They go, oh, we can't compete. 
because Phil Spencer's coming. He's done a very good job. He's <laughs> getting these numbers. Opinion. Yeah, he tenfold hats back on. But I was <laughs> reading it. Look at it. Phil Spencer's coming, right? There are twenty-five million Game Pass subscribers, or something ridiculous, like obscene amounts of numbers. Yeah. Last year, Xbox. Uh, the end of this fiscal year or last year, Microsoft said, "Oh, we should have grown seventy-eight percent," and they grew fifty-six percent. Like that's insane numbers. And Phil Spencer's been amazing for them. Phil Spencer's been amazing, and his hands are tied behind his back. Microsoft are pairing the S and the X together, so you've got this incredibly powerful Series X that you're not harnessing. Square Enix and some other developers have said, like, Final Fantasy sixteen probably would have come to Xbox. Obviously, they've got their dealings with Sony. I understand that. It probably would have come to Xbox, yeah. but because of the S, we can't get it on there. And Xbox developers are going, like, we can't really make these games as good as we want. But Microsoft are going, we need to sell as much as we can, get as many people onto Game Pass. So that's why every every game on Game Pass is coming to PC, coming to console, it's coming to cloud, it's coming to your mobile. They want yeah. everything on the cloud space. They want everything online. They're forgetting consoles. Whereas I think if they left Phil Spencer to it, they wouldn't be getting outsold the yeah. way they are. Games would be coming out. Well, it's obvious that Xbox checked out of the, the console sales like during the Xbox One just they don't care it's, yeah. it's, that's been obvious for a long time and I think Game Pass when did Game Pass come out now about three four years ago maybe three years ago yeah. four mm-hmm. years ago so um, yeah for a long time like it's not never, it's not been about the. but everyone knows that these 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 console makers they lose money on, on the console mm-hmm. they, they sell them for less than it costs to make them everyone knows that they make all their profits from software sales mm-hmm. um, games and, and subscription services particularly with Microsoft and Xbox but um, I just want to kind of wrap this up by by sort of swinging it back because we've we've just sort of talked about some very sort of in depth um, regulatory concerns and like sort of business concerns. But how does this deal affect gamers? It is probably the important thing for us to discuss. Because I know I know we can say what we want about what Microsoft are up to and everything like that. But if I Xbox think... were to acquire um, Activision, what changes? Um... If well, nothing change, nothing changes at the moment. All depending on Sony are the only ones that have had the balls to stand up to Microsoft because they've actually got market share in the gaming space. That's why they won't sign this deal. Yeah, because they're going to be losing money. Activision, Bobby Kotick's thrown PlayStation under the bus, going, "Oh, they're acting very unprofessionally." Ironic. Um, they've they've been in bed with Sony for fifteen years with Call of Duty because that's where their players are. Yeah. So Xbox, I think... Well, wasn't Wait, hang on a minute. Call of, Call of Duty started out as an Xbox exclusive. No, no Call of Duty, the first ever Call of Duty was PC. PC. So technically still Microsoft. Though. But Activision okay. have been working with Sony for 30 years. So they've had a good working relationship and that's why they get early exclusives, uh, like three-day betas and stuff like this. It doesn't affect anyone right now. If anything, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Xbox do with it. If they can get Call of Duty onto Nintendo... I think that's a massive feat. I don't think Ow. it works. I think they'll make a separate version. It'll be I, co- I, mobile. mobile yeah, version. I personally well, yeah, like think that DS. Microsoft will be, uh, if the acquisition gets approved, they'll almost have strict rules to abide by. So I feel like, for to answer your question, James, like how will it affect us, the gamers? I feel like it will only affect us positively. I feel like, obviously, the likes of some of... Activision Blizzard's most iconic IPs, if they do make the transfer to the Game Pass, amazing. Diablo 4's on the way. If this deal wraps up, which I don't reckon it will, but if it wraps up 
before June, then if it were to come to the Game Pass, amazing. But mm. then when it comes to the wider picture for the foreseeable, I feel like I kind of trust Xbox on this one. And I feel like... But do you yeah, trust they Microsoft? Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I do because... Once again, maybe it's just positive, Ben. But I'd like to think that how am I how am I going to be affected negatively by this? And I don't I think I don't think I can. I think, think of... you will in the long run. This game makes sense now. Like Call of Duty and all the platforms, that's great. It goes to Nvidia, it goes to the other, these cloud gaming services. Microsoft have claimed they're taking Call of Duty. They're already there. It gets everywhere. Game Pass. We don't have to pay for it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. What happens when Microsoft go right? Game Pass needs to have a hundred million subscribers. To, for us to make a profit whilst we're taking money out of all these other people's pockets what happened to Netflix that's what they want to be yeah Netflix saturated the market here's a load of here's a load of shows here's a load of TV shows here's a load of films boom 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 what's happened to Netflix content recently Thanks. it's got worse it's got worse it's got worse and the price goes up the price goes up you can't share your password um, Xbox have just released a family bundle for Game Pass they're going to bundle everything so, so, I think you, so you think like looking at it purely from the kind of like game perspective that through a game industry perspective it hinder us, hinders us it won't be for a decade it won't be yeah. for two decades maybe there's a possibility of oversaturation is that what you're saying in what respect yeah. oversaturation of sheer amount of games right so say at the moment they're at 25 million subscribers Xbox have still got to release their first party games which we should be looking forward to but they're buying up Atomic Heart Wolong Black Dynasty um Valorant, Riot Games have done a partnership. They're getting as many games as they want onto Game Pass so people go, oh, I'll spend $10 a month. It's a good deal. What happens then when it gets to 100 million subscribers and they're going, well, I've played that game. I want a new game. So then you can have a new game every three days. They all can't be quality games. They're all going to be, oh, I've got to get that onto Game Pass quick. Got to get that onto Game Pass quick. It's what Netflix are doing with their content. They're making so much content now that they can't edit it all. That's why 1899 gets cancelled after one season because it didn't do the numbers it needed to do. I don't know. I mean, I see your point. But yeah, it's I, an interesting scenario, but I'm not too sure because like, the game, the gaming industry is just so unpredictable and it's like we're, we're talking a game like... A, a, the, the decision to kind of to make a game is not as easy as it is to greenlight a film or a TV show because a game takes two, three, four years to make. Oh, it's meant to. And costs the same as 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 what a film production budget is, $200 million plus for like a blockbuster movie for, for, for a big game. So I, I get that there could be a situation where Xbox have got an absolute plethora of games where they've gone from having nothing to having everything. But I I feel like because there's, because it's going to be really hard for the likes of Sony um, even Amazon and Google to like compete with the same sort of service because they just won't have the same reach as, as Microsoft the same do. Money. They don't have the same money. I think that oversaturation kind of won't matter as, as much for gaming because there's mm. not like a bunch of different players all pumping out content together. It's one player pumping out a lot of content and you're not well, going to be sort of spoilt having to decide between different sort of like but we um, have subscription services and then being let down because everything's garbage because people are just fighting to get stuff out as quickly as possible. But we've we've seen it with Netflix. What happened? Netflix came out and they go, right, Paramount, we do a deal with you. We have your movies. We have your movies. We have your movies. And then what happened? Paramount went, oh, well, I'm fucking getting into streaming. 
HBO Max. I'm getting into streaming. Yeah. What happens when Amazon and Google finally get into the game market the way they want to get into the game market? Now you've got a Google subscription, you've got an Amazon subscription, you've got a Game Pass subscription, Netflix are getting into games. You've then got four or five major players, uh, the Embracer Group, four or five, six major players got a load of bloody cash. Xbox, this will be 30 studios in six years. What's next? Does Ubisoft become available? Does EA become available? Yeah. No, I see that. I see that. Because, like, do you have to have six different, seven different subscriptions? This is, this is to my play issue. Games? This is my issue with the deal. I don't think I've got no issues with Xbox. I've got no issues with PlayStation. They do what they do, they do things differently, they do things well. Once Microsoft gets involved, I know they're bankrolled, but once Microsoft start making these deals because they want to improve what they're doing and they want to buy up the cloud gaming space, that's how a Google, story. How are Google and Amazon going to react? Because they're in that market. Yeah, that's a good point. For us, it's great. For the industry, I think it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like the only way, not the only way, but a potential prediction would be for as long as... Xbox, Microsoft have the monopoly on the cloud gaming service. I feel like a restriction of like a price restriction for as long as you hold the majority, you can't exceed a certain price for your subscription service. Mm. That might be the only way to keep like, well, if you own everything and people who want to do cloud gaming can only play for your service, you're locked in at charging your customers a set price yep. for the duration that you hold the monopoly. Mm. Because okay. then if Microsoft do, like, if Microsoft so if is they, the you're only... You're saying that they could take everything and charge what they want and then that would... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really that would be a have, negative have, way. Have massive ramifications mm. on the market. Yeah. But, and, but that would be the same as, like, taking place uh, taking ex uh, Call of Duty away from Sony. It makes no financial sense. Yeah. But what, what happens is if they start bundling stuff up... They don't get to the subscribers they want and they go, right, we can't support this game. You own it on the cloud. The cloud goes, you lose what you've paid for. They yeah. have every right yeah. to do that. Well, there's, al there's already those concerns about online-only games, isn't there? That, that if, mm. they, if they shut down the servers and take a game offline, mm. where's, you, where's my, my £60 gone that yeah. I've spent on that game? It's wasted. I watched a really mm. interesting video on that, on the whole grey area of like who owns what. If I buy a game... And you take that game away from me. Like, mm. where does that leave me? Why can't, why can't they just offer? If they're going to close down the service, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but mm. if they are going to close it's down the service though. for an online game, um, why can't they just offer you the chance to download it and play it offline? They'll release a patch that enables that, and then yeah. say, we're closing down the servers on this date. Um, the only way you'll be able to play the game is if you download it mm. and download yeah. this patch I think, and download the game. Yeah, there's only been like two or three examples of smaller games not really ones that hit the headlines that yeah. have honored that but not not enough but yeah tangent but yeah it's a tough mm. one i feel like i feel like once again i, I still kind of start i get your point entirely connor and i do feel those same concerns but for me i feel like looking at this from microsoft's perspective where they have the responsibility and that responsibility comes with them being the biggest and the only kind of streaming but service to use, they kind of have happens, to be good. Yeah, but why? They've why are they allowed example. to be? Why are they allowed to be the biggest? It's a tough. Well, I don't know. They've they've maneuvered themselves into that spot. Yeah, but it, but but yeah, like is it correct? They, yeah, shouldn't it be an even market share? I know we yeah, likewise, in an you could world. say likewise. You could say that. Well, 
you know, if if someone like Jeff Bezos or someone like Bill Gates has spent their life building these companies, mm. um, why are they then being restricted from, you know, yeah, kind of pursuing the deals and the yeah. things they want to do? They've spent, they've, they've, have they not earned the right to do that? Well, yeah, it, like with Xbox, mm. they if if this whole uh, cloud gaming service is the new venture of gaming, and I mean new as in like brand new, no one it's else where is it's doing going. it. It's where yeah. it's going. If they are the first and the best, then yeah, like Bezos, why should he be uh, like clipped at the hills or wings? Rightfully or wrongfully, there's antitrust and any com- competition. Yeah, um, I get the whole laws. point that you don't you don't want to you don't want to create a monopoly in the market. You don't want to create some sort of situation where one company is dictating. The, the whole of the market, where it goes, the trends, yeah. what you buy, what you, what, everything like like that. I completely understand that, but mm. I mean, I'm not an expert on on this stuff. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a businessman. I don't know what the right way to kind of tackle this is. I, I, mean, I don't understand the ins and outs of like fair and competitive markets. And yeah, I think that's yeah, why this, I don't, I don't this it's almost this is like, interesting one. It's, it's interesting. I was just going to say real quick. It's all. It's almost like the problem Xbox have got is that no one else is doing it as good as them. If they had some good, really good, strong competition, well, yeah, they have. Maybe... they're getting absolutely pushed over a barrel by Sony. That's why they're yeah. buying up the cloud gaming space because they no, have he, to go he, elsewhere. I think, I think Ben means with the with the Microsoft, like the technology side of the business. Yeah, and, oh, and you mean Microsoft Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was... But yeah, I think... But yeah, just trying to say that because but, there are no major competitions in that field, in the cloud gaming space... But yeah. have Microsoft made it that way? Because they've bought oh, yeah. up all the, they've paid off all these small little companies. There's been a few that have gone up and said like, "This is unfair." And Microsoft goes, "Oh yeah, we'll do a deal with you," and then they just buy it up, or they buy up a percentage of the shares, or they do a deal. Yeah, but whose who, whose fault is that really? Well, if they whose haven't got is two, that really? if, if they if, haven't got two trillion dollars, it's it's not their fault, is it? Microsoft have got themselves into the position where now they can go, "We fuck you yeah. and your ancestors' money," <laughs> like. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously, this is this this conversation is is a bit of a crazy one, and and it's really interesting to for for us to kind of have a real deep dive into what you kind of probably wouldn't even really hear too much of from a gamer's perspective, anyway. But these yeah. things they they have an impact on us all, and they and they, and they matter. So, um, I'm looking forward is not the right word, but I'm very interested to see how this, this all, plays out. all plays out. Yeah, yeah. because we're, this is not the we're not near the end. I mean, the CMA, obviously, they did their U-turn. They kind of went back on what they said originally. There's still a lot to be investigated with the cloud gaming stuff, and there's still a lot more regulators out there who want to have words with Microsoft about it. Also, quickly, if you're listening to this, this isn't PlayStation versus Xbox. Like, Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan have nothing to do with this at this point now. Put but your tin we'll, foil um, hat on and come and join us in the fifth dimension. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll, uh, I suppose we'll find out more on the 26th of April because that's the CMA's next deadline when they will mm. cover the uh, cloud space and everything else that they need to discuss. So awesome. I'm sure we'll to hear then. more. Just quickly, yeah. Japan's Fair Trade Commission has also reviewed the deal and they've closed their reviewing and it seems like good news for Microsoft. Yeah, um, they've said it's not, anti, um, it's not anti-competitive in that market. When it comes to the video yeah. game side of it, yeah, yeah, same as the CMA. So, Interesting, <laughs> another another development in the ever evolving story. Well, <laughs> when 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 there's more updates on this, we'll we'll bring them to you and we'll have our endless insight. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> so, I've got a little trivia piece to end on. If you would like to indulge, gentlemen, I need something okay. that's not facts and figures. Yeah, my brain's yeah. a little bit bright. 
blown off. <laughs> so, that, you know, I did all this bit. research for days and now it's finally been blurted out. <laughs> you can just delete that from your mind now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hit us with it, Charlie. So, I would like you to guess the first ever video game to be played in space. Ooh. Oh, Asteroids. Snake. Uh, let me have a think. So Connor it's says asteroid. I don't, what is asteroid? You make that up. So it's space. Like a bing, bing, bing. Yeah, you so shoot. Oh, like yeah. Blue yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, it's snake. Someone, someone took a 3310 to space with them. They managed to make a cool. bad boy. Fucking end the earth. <laughs> Solitaire. <laughs> Dig dog. Solitaire. Tetris. It's going to be Tetris, isn't it? Okay. What's your answer? If we, if we, right, if none of us. Your answers in, boys. Like, my answer is snake. Or give us a year. No, don't write, Don't complicate oh. it. Just tell us. Tell us what it is. All right, I'm going solitaire. Snake. Snake. Your final answers, right, Connor? Super Mario. Right, James. Snake. Ben. Mario. What one? You should have stayed with Tetris, Connor, because it was Tetris. Oh, what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> 1993, a Russian astronaut played Tetris on his Game Boy on the way to the MIR space station. Ooh. Wicked. Hope you had a good time. Working hard. Hardly working. <laughs> Any more? No, just no, one. We, we, we have it oh. on that. On that one. <laughs> you have to wait till the next episode, Ben. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm off on holiday now, lads. Um, have you guys got anything coming up over the next few weeks? Going to be playing anything? Doing anything interesting? So I recently completed Hogwarts Legacy one day. Completed Atomic Heart the next day. So I treated myself to The Last of Us, which has received Lovely. scathing reviews due to its performance. However, I'm quite fortunate at having quite a powerful PC and I've had zero crashes and quite <laughs> oh, good performance. Bragging now. Yeah, yeah. So it's just flexing. like, oh yeah, boys, I'm <laughs> going to be playing this with no problems. Yeah. yeah, so that's actually been a right treat because it was something I was looking forward to for ages. The reviews kind of scared me off, but I thought... How's, how's it. Atomic Heart, by the way? Atomic Heart was brilliant. The ending was quite... Uh, a major twist. I want. I, I want to spoil it, but it was insane, and it was un. It was maybe a very. It was one of those twists where you'd have to be reading through all the lines to mm. notice it. Like the signs are there throughout the whole story, which makes the twist even more insane because the first time that it's teased is almost like in the first few hours. And then it's like you're blind to it, and he's like the face been staring me in the face the whole time, kind of thing. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, really, really good. Very strong. I had to read like a post-game summary and uh, I was still just as like, I didn't miss anything, but I thought I did. But anyway, really good. Highly recommend. Yeah. Connor, Charlie, awesome. doing much over the next couple of weeks? Um, I've got a week off work in a couple of weeks, so I think I'm going to play through Persona 5 start to finish. Oh, nice. I want to play Very that. Very good. Very good. Charlie? It's on Game Pass, dude. Um, nothing amazing planned. Obviously, going to work. Um, but I do want to actually, speaking about the new Counter-Strike, oh. I'd quite like to jump on CSGO and give that a play and try and get a bit of experience on that before. I'll play it with you. I'll play, released. yeah, we'll play Counter-Strike and then play Valorant as well. It's really like mm. user-friendly. Like yeah, I might that kind start of scene. with Valorant and then... Yeah. Yeah, I'll play Valorant. Yeah, play Valorant. Ready for yeah. I've, I've played CS a fair bit. But I checked my Steam today. I've not played since 2015. So oh, a bit rusty. It's, it's, it's been a while. You but chump. Yeah. Eager Valorant to get back into that. Really good to kind of ease you in. But how about you, James? Obviously, awesome. holiday. Well, that's it. Just going on holiday. So by the time this is out, I'll, I'll be in, in France chilling, 
And uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a few days off when I get back from there as well. I think I've got the rest of the week off. So I'm not actually going back to work for like two weeks, which is... Oh, I'm so jealous. Nice. Just are, you off starting, are you off? Are you back at work tomorrow? Yeah, I'm back at work tomorrow, which is which is Monday. We're recording this on the Sunday the 2nd. So back at work tomorrow for, for a couple of days. And then Thursday, which will be the day before this pod comes out, I'll be flying to France. Away. Very nice. Yeah, just having a nice relaxing time. You have to so, bring Ben a bottle of wine back. Yeah. yeah give a good bottle of red. Can't take liquids on carry on, mate. It's not happening. <laughs> no, just a little. Reduce that, just a little. I need it. I need it. <laughs> bit duty free. <laughs> well, that was episode four of Checkpoint Radio. Be sure to check out the link in the description of this episode. It will take you to our YouTube, our social sites, Twitch and Discord, where you can hang out with the community, talk games and even find people to play with. Uh, but that's all for now. My name's James. I'm Ben. I'm Connor. And I'm Charlie. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.